In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> I guess one way to get an Episcopal church full of people in the front pews is to have ten baptisms. And today's gospel seems just right. Today's gospel seems just right for this service where we have the great blessing of welcoming ten children into the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. Our gospel has the crucified and risen Jesus turning up to his friends, his fearful friends, behind locked doors, and he announces a peace on the other side of death. Easter is a weird world, it seems. And the world uh, seems strange because of this Easter. It reminds me of something that Flannery O'Connor was reputed to have said, that you will know the truth, and the truth will make you odd. The promise of Easter gives us courage to live Christ-shaped lives in a world that too often operates as if Easter never happened. You know, a world that operates as if death is the end of the story. So courageous lives, Christ-shaped lives, truthful lives, will look odd in this world. The first part of our gospel reading comes just after a story in John's gospel where the risen Jesus turns up to Mary Magdalene in a garden, a garden that's meant to have us think about the Garden of Eden. Jesus turns up to Mary and calls her by name. And that, this first part of our gospel story is followed by the encounter with Thomas. So we have two personal encounters, Mary Magdalene, Thomas, and this part of the gospel that I want to speak to this morning, where the family of disciples are in the upper room, where they had that Last Supper on uh, Thursday evening. They're huddled there, fearful, and this becomes the transformative moment in John's gospel where the church comes to life, kind of like the Pentecost of John's gospel. It's Easter Sunday night and they're huddled around the table behind locked doors. So imagine that these disciples, they're closed in on themselves, closed in, they're fearful. But this scene in John 20, it opens out to all church gatherings, including this church gathering, across time. So every church gathering since that scene recorded in John 20, we're being asked to see the wounds of the resurrected Jesus and to believe, to trust. And if there's one word that describes the work of Jesus in this gospel, it's that of opening, opening. If his friends are locked in, Jesus opens them up to himself, crucified and risen, scars still intact. He opens them up to his peace in place of their fear. The risen Christ even opens them up to a future, a future that's rooted in reconciliation and the forgiveness of sins. He opens his mouth and he speaks to them, he breathes on them, just as God breathed life into Adam in Genesis 2. So he shares his Holy Spirit by breathing on them, giving them the capacity for a future 
through forgiveness. And Jesus, this morning on our second Sunday of Easter, is coming into this church announcing peace to us on the other side of death, those wounds still visible. That's how he's able to offer a peace that the world cannot give because he's come through the great ordeal and he offers his peace. So whatever fear that grips us, even legitimate fear, some of them are illegitimate, that keep us up at night, but even legitimate fears that can cause suffering or even death, Jesus is saying, here is my peace, which is greater than that suffering. It's his peace, Jesus' peace, that he leaves with us and tells us, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. So John wants us to know, as his church gathered around the crucified and risen Jesus, to know this peace that passes all understanding, to allow ourselves to be breathed upon by Christ, just as God breathed into the nostrils of man in the beginning of Genesis, in the nostrils of anthropos, human being, and then human being becomes alive, Jesus is breathing into us so that we might become a new transformed creation made possible by his peace. That's why Paul says anybody who is in Christ is a new creation. And this morning, that same spirit that Jesus is breathing into this room is at work in the baptismal waters, forming these children into the new creation, new witnesses to that peace. And as signs of Easter life, you know, we will be perceived as odd because the truth will make you odd. The world will wonder why we care so little about self-preservation and reputation and instead are learning to lay down our lives for one another in service. The world will wonder why we forgive not just a couple of times, but again and again and again and again. The world will wonder why we see refugees not as a threat to be managed, but as brothers and sisters to be welcome. That's the grace of Easter. That's the grace of baptism to make us into strange signs of God's abundant world. So Jesus turning up this morning behind locked doors becomes the defining moment for us and for your children that fostered in uh, the environment that Jesus makes possible. They become living signs of his resurrection. And the last thing I want to say, I mentioned that this story is sandwiched between those two personal encounters with Mary and Thomas. Each child out of the baptismal waters into the resurrected life of Christ is called by name, just as Mary was called on that first Easter morning. The living Christ calling each one of us by name. And as Thomas needed uh, proof, he needed signs, he needed something in particular, the living Christ turned up to Thomas. So let's trust that our children growing up in a life of faith, that the living Christ will turn up to them making himself known to us, especially in the scriptures, in the prayers, in the breaking of the bread. Let's baptize children. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.